812, how y'all doing tonight? It's so good to see you guys, man. I'm really glad that you're here. Listen, for anybody that doesn't know, we are currently in a series called The Great Paradox. And for for whoever doesn't know what a paradox is, a paradox is uh, something that you hear that seems crazy, but after you investigate it, you find out that it's very true. And I believe that tonight we're talking about one of the biggest paradoxes in all of Scripture and most definitely in this series. Before I get into that, let me talk to you guys about something real quick. How many of you guys will admit to having like an awkward middle school phase? Anybody in here? Middle school was like a really weird time in your life. I know it was for me. And I want to show you guys a picture of me in middle school. Go ahead and show that picture. That is me in middle school. (laughs) Thank you so much. I was wicked handsome. Here's the thing. Fun fact, they actually used to call me Biggie Small back then because I really looked like the notorious B.I.G. That's a true story. But that's me in middle school. I want to tell you guys a story about something that happened to me in middle school. See, in middle school, I grew up in Connecticut. That's where I'm from, Connecticut to go to the Krispy Kreme store one day. It wasn't close to my house, so it was a big deal. And I went there and I got a Krispy Kreme honey bun. I loved honey buns, I loved Krispy Kreme, so I couldn't wait. So I couldn't wait to eat it, but I told myself to wait till the next day of school to eat the honey bun because the school lunches back then really sucked. I think they still suck now. You know what I'm talking about. So the next day shows up, I'm in school, I have my lunch, I open up my honey bun and I'm ready to eat it. And I hear a group of people call me a couple tables over. Now some of the people over there are my friends, so I'm like, oh, they probably just want me to go eat with them. So I walk over to them, honey bun in hand, like, hey guys, what's up? And one of the guys swats the honey bun as hard as he could out of my hand. Straight smacks it out of my hand. And then, because I'll never forget this, he looks me in the face and then he's like, you don't need that straight messed up. And I remember how angry I was. First and foremost, I was upset because I really wanted that honey bun. Like, seriously. (laughs) Second, I was upset because this dude did this to me, including the people who I thought were my friends. And pretty much like the part of the story that always gets to me every time I think about it is that after he smacked it out my hand and everybody laughed, I picked up the honey bun, I threw it in the trash, and I hid in the bathroom for the rest of the lunch because I was so hurt by what that guy did to me. And I kept thinking to myself, man, I wish I could get him back for what he did. Like, he made me feel like a loser. And if I could do something that could make him feel like a loser too, then I would feel so much better about myself and what happened. And you know, I think a lot of us have been there before. A lot of us have had that feeling of uh, being hurt by somebody and wanting to get payback, wanting to get even, or wanting to get revenge. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight because Jesus had the most unique view of what revenge is. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up with me to Matthew chapter 5. And if you're using the house Bible here, it is page 970. Back in the church I grew up in, When they ask you to look for, like, a scripture passage, they'd be like, when you have it, say amen. So if you got to say amen for me. All right, I love it. (laughs) All right, let me go ahead and read this. Starting at verse 38. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. 
But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Now, when we hear this, we can't help but feel like this is absolutely crazy. Like, this is impossible. There's no way anybody can do this. Ain't no way someone going to smack me in the face, and I'm going to turn so they can smack me again in the face. But I think that there's more to this scripture that we can uncover, and that's what we're going to be unpacking today. So if you're taking notes, there should be a pen in front of you. If not, go ahead and grab one near you. And I want you guys to take down these several things that I think is going to help us understand what it means in turning the other cheek. First and foremost is that turning the other cheek ain't weak. Turning the other cheek ain't weak. Let me make something clear about this passage that many times people get confused. This passage is not saying that it is okay for someone to commit a crime against you and they get away with it. This is not saying that just because someone did something to you doesn't mean that there shouldn't be a consequence for what happened. Uh, let me put it in a way that you guys can understand. Ladies, where you at? What's up? Ladies, if you are ever in a situation with a guy and he ends up being like emotionally or verbally or even physically abusive to you, turning the other cheek means you turn your cheek to the nearest phone, call the police and get that fool locked up. And straight up, because that is a crime. And there's also consequences, like I said before, where my fellas at? Yeah, I hear, I hear some of y'all. Listen, if you're ever in a relationship with a girl and you find out she ain't loyal, you don't have to turn the other cheek and take her back. You can swerve on that as soon as you want to and find somebody else. That goes for girls, too, with guys. It's the same thing. So turning the other cheek is not saying that it's okay for anybody to abuse you any way they want. If someone ever robs you, if someone ever crashes your car, if someone ever physically hurts you, turning the other cheek does not mean that it is okay for that to happen to you. There's still laws and consequences for that. Matter of fact, when we see in Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus talks about uh, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, that was actually an Old Testament law. Back then in those times, they didn't have police forces. They didn't have uh, protective services. So anybody was able to come in, commit a crime against you, and get away with it. So God set up many rules in line, and one of the rules that he set up was that there will be an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a foot for a foot, and a life for a life, which simply means that if you ever get hurt by somebody, you end up losing an eye, a tooth, a foot, or even your own life, the person who did that to you would also lose their eye, their tooth, their foot, or their own life. It was something that was set up in order to keep peace amongst the people. It was something set up for justice. But how many of you guys know that many times we can take a good thing, make it into our own thing, and it turns into a bad thing? So, yeah. So one of the rules that I think this applies to is, like, there's this rule now that we have the Fifth Amendment and the Miranda Law. And that basically says that if you're ever in a legal situation, if you're ever arrested, you have the right to remain silent in order to keep yourself from saying something or doing something that can get you into more trouble. What a lot of people have done is they've taken that law and made their own version of it, which we now know as no snitching. And no snitching basically means, similar to that, is that if you get arrested, then you better not say anything to get somebody else in trouble. Or next time you're in the streets, you might get yourself stitches for snitching. So 
When we see that, that's exactly the same context that Jesus is talking about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth in this passage. Jesus is completely for justice. Matter of fact, he calls himself a just God. But what he is not about is revenge. And revenge is something that many times is super distinct to God, but for us can look one in the same. And one of the ways that you can always tell when someone is trying to seek out revenge other than justice is that ang- um, revenge always comes from an angry, kind of bitter place. Uh, let, me, let me make an example of this to you guys. Has anybody in here ever been heartbroken before? Maybe from a boyfriend, a girlfriend. Maybe you had like a best friend and it kind of ended up falling out. I've been there too. And the thing that gets to me about heartbreak is that heartbreak is a difficult thing. There's no medicine you can take for heartbreak. There's no treatment you can do for heartbreak. When your heart is broken, you just have to kind of deal with it for a while until it ends up just passing away from you. But what a lot of people will do when their heart is broken is try to alleviate that pain that they feel by kind of doing things that will hurt the person that hurt them back. I think one of the biggest ways that people in this culture do that is through subtweeting. Anybody know a subtweeter in here? Subtweeter, I like they'll post like these particular messages. And like the messages will always be something like, oh, real friends don't talk about you behind your back. Or I wish you would say that to my face, but you, wouldn't, but you won't tag the person in it. I like you'll put some type of like music quote or something like, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Something like, something like that where like you know who they're talking about but they just didn't like tag the person. What makes me laugh too is that many times somebody will like subtweet you or like do some type of sub message about you and you confront them about it. And they're always like, what are you talking about? That wasn't even about you. Like, I don't even know what you're saying. It's like, why are you being so fake though? You know what I mean? It's so like, I hate when people do that. That's happened to me one too many times. But the reason why people do that is that it's their way of kind of getting over a pain that they're dealing with themselves without directing it uh, at the person exactly. Something that I see a lot of people do also when they're dealing with heartbreak is that they'll try to get all their friends on their side about the situation. So like when you're sitting around, it's like, hey, didn't you used to date such and such? Yeah, I did. Oh, what happened? And you just go on this rampage of every bad thing they've ever done and why you shouldn't be in a relationship with them. And the thing is, we all do that. Many of us have done that. And it's so that we can get more people on our side and we can feel better about the heartbreak that we're going through. But the reason why that's so bad and why many times it's considered such a dark and twisted thing is that we're looking to feel better by making someone else look worse. And when we're in that place, when we're hurt and we're looking to hurt other people, we end up in a place known as bitterness. And this leads me to my next point, which says, don't get the sickness of bitterness. Don't get the sickness of bitterness. Like I said before, when we end up hurt and we're looking to hurt somebody else, we end up in this place called bitterness. And the thing about bitterness is, is and I call bitterness a sickness because there's always symptoms of bitterness that you can see in somebody's life and that you usually want to try to avoid getting yourself. One big symptom of a person that's dealing with bitterness is there's always that person that's just negative about everything. 
Just like, has anybody ever experienced like a negative person before? I know I have. It's just like they love to rain on people's parade. They love to bash certain people or certain things. And you almost have to like avoid certain subjects because if you get on the topic of something, then they just kind of go on a rampage about it. And it's just like you weren't looking for that. And now like your general happiness is gone. The thing that gets me about that, too, is, like, we all know that type of bitter person that won't let certain things go. And, like, you ever have it where, like, kind of like you're walking down the hallway and you see them walking towards you and you're kind of like, crap, I got to get out of this situation or whatever. So it's like you kind of pretend that you got this text message on your phone and you can't look up. You run into a bathroom, something like that. Because we see, we know those bitter people. And many times we try to avoid those bitter people because they don't see the goodness in life anymore. Everything that they're dealing with now just revolves around that hurt and pain that they've dealt with in their lives. And the thing, too, with bitterness is bitterness can become something that's so um, vile in them that it causes them to set off at any moment when they hear about something, when they see a certain person. And I want to show you guys a clip of what I believe is a good example of what a bitter person's life looks like. Uh, One of my favorite superhero movies of all time is The Avengers. Is anybody a fan of The Avengers in here? I love The Avengers. The new one just came out. It was great. For anybody that doesn't know what The Avengers is. I, I don't see how that's a party. Dr. Banner, now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. You see, that's just a movie. But the truth about it is that anger can make a monster out of any of us in any moment. And when we live bitter lives, it starts to consume us and has us ready to pop off at any moment over any situation. And that, guys, students, is not a life well lived. It's a life that's crippled and hurt. And I believe Jesus knew that. I believe that's why he brought up this passage in Matthew chapter 5 about turning the other cheek. And this brings me to my last point, that to live, we must forgive. To live, we must forgive. You know, Jesus mentions three things in this passage that I want to bring up to you guys. First thing he says, starting in verse 39, that if someone smacks you on your right cheek to turn the other cheek also. Now, this is significant. Why is this significant? Because he mentions the right cheek. And for you to get smacked on your right cheek back then meant you had to have gotten either slapped with the back of someone's right hand, which we know is the pimp slap, (laughs) or you got smacked with your left hand, with someone's left hand. And this doesn't mean anything to us back then, but at the time, the left hand was used exclusively to clean yourself up after you used the bathroom. That's what the left hand was only used for. So back then, for you to get smacked on your right cheek meant you either got pimp slapped or poop slapped. (laughs) 
Either way, you don't want to get slapped. The next thing that Jesus mentions is that if someone sues you for your shirt, give to them your coat also. And this is significant because lawsuits back then weren't considered private things. If someone sued you for your shirt and won, they would wear it as a way of almost pride that they won over you. And for Jesus to say to give them your coat as well would pretty much only have you, like, basically naked, which is another embarrassing situation. And the last thing that Jesus says is that if someone forces you to go one mile, go also two miles. Now, who's forcing you to go one mile? Back in that time period, uh, Israel was under Roman rule. And the Roman soldiers had the right to force anybody that they wanted to carry their gear or to carry their armor for one mile in any direction. And it was always considered something that was inconvenient. It felt unnecessary. And the Roman soldiers were kind of brutal in their ruling over people. So they would make fun of you the entire way of carrying their stuff. And all three of these things seem different, but all of them come together in the sense of all these situations can cause for someone to feel anger, resentment, embarrassment, and can form a bitterness in them where they want to get back at the person that hurt them in that way, the person that slapped them, sued them, or even abused them like a Roman soldier. And what Jesus is talking about when he says turn the other cheek is that it is better to show forgiveness, love, and compassion than it is to live a bitter, crippled life. You see, anybody can love and show compassion to someone that loves them back. But the biggest revealing of God's love is showing love to the person that didn't deserve it. And I don't want you guys to read this passage and to get too literal with it and miss the point. So I want to show you guys an example of someone who turns the other cheek. Uh, Does anybody here watch the television show American Idol? Anybody? Yeah, a few people. It's not as popular anymore. Well, one of the first seasons of the show, there was a singer that came on named Mandisa. Some of you guys may have heard of Mandisa before. Some of you haven't. But I want to play for you guys what happened to Mandisa the first time she auditioned for American Idol. Go ahead and play. Hey, what's your name? Mandisa. Mandisa what? Just Mandisa. Just Mandisa. The first name is enough to deal with, I think. All right, so what are you going to sing? I can do Fallen. All right. All right, here we go. I keep on falling. <laughs> Get down, man. Simon was rocking. Ah, terrific. I mean, everything I hoped you would be, you were on that, Mandisa. And I like the fact that you want to be known as one person. <laughs> I'm supposing we can all say together on a count of three. One, one two, two, three. three. Yes. 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 <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood. Thank you so much. Show and Hollywood. Even though the judges got what they wanted, Simon still had to get in one last typical comment. Do we have a bigger stage this year? (laughs) Oh, come on. Yes, baby, this one right here is going to Hollywood. She's got like a Frenchie. Forget Frenchie, she's like France. (laughs) (laughs) What makes me so mad about watching that clip 
is how foo-foo fake Simon Cowell was the whole time. She comes in there. He smiles at her. She says she's such a great singer. He loves her. And the second she walks out the door, he cracks fat jokes. And what bothers me so much about that situation was like not only did he crack those jokes, but he cracked them on national television where millions of people got to see and think it was funny too. Some of us have kind of been there before where we felt that hurt, where we felt that, that pain of someone making fun of us or hurting us in such a way and everybody gets to see. So a lot of people were looking at Mandisa, wondering what was going to happen when she makes it to the next round of American Idol and, and how she was going to handle it. Was she going to get back at Simon for what happened? And I want you guys to watch this video and see what she does. Mandisa didn't even hear the laughter as she was focused on the journey ahead. When we first met her in Chicago, Simon made some very tacky remarks about her weight. Do we have a bigger stage this year? She's got like a Frenchie. Forget Frenchie, she's like France. <laughs> oh. This could get a little uncomfortable. Well, you didn't need a bigger stage, but you could have got a bigger chair. <laughs> Simon, a lot of people want me to say a lot of things to you. But this is what I want to say to you. Is that yes, you hurt me and I cried. And it was painful, it really was. But I want you to know that I've forgiven you and that you don't need someone to apologize in order to forgive somebody. And I figured that if Jesus could die so that all of my wrongs could be forgiven, I can certainly extend that same grace to you. So I just wanted you to Amen. Mandisa, I'm humbled. Amen. Come here, give me a kiss. Yeah. Come here. Well put. Give me a kiss. I'm just Thank so you. appalling, aren't I? <laughs> hmm? You are, but. Well, we like You're each other coming. now. Mandisa, yes. Aren't you glad I sit next to him? I can stomp him, sock him, and do it. Paula, right, what Mandisa, would I do with that? I feel one millimeter small, so I'll carry on with, <laughs> <laughs> with what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and I am sorry to tell you, you are going to have to go through this again because you're through to the next. <laughs> You said the right thing to him. Said the right thing to him. Thank you. You want another one? We're sort of dating now. And Simon also apologized. I'm sorry, Simon. Say I'm sorry. You're not betrayed. Yeah, say I'm sorry, Simon. You're not betrayed. Yeah, I do. I do apologize. Oh, finally, I heard. Amazing. She managed to forgive Simon Cowell and show compassion, even when she had the opportunity to give a vengeful comeback. And Mandisa doesn't win American Idol, but she won the hearts of so many people, including the people in that room, because she decided to sow love instead of revenge. And I don't think it was easy at all for Mandisa to do that. I know it wouldn't be for me. But the big thing for her forgiveness, I believe, comes from what she said, that if she could realize that if Jesus Christ can forgive her of her sins, she can easily forgive Simon for what he did to her. I want you guys to remember this, that a life that is healed by forgiveness cannot remain sick in bitterness.
And when we really live a life healed by the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, it never makes life easy. People will still hurt us, but we know that Jesus always heals. And I want to challenge you guys today as I ask the band to come back up. That if somewhere in your life today you're holding on to bitterness, you've been hurt by somebody, maybe it was someone smacking a honey bun out your hand, maybe it was an ex-boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, maybe it was something a parent did to you, I want to let you guys know today that Jesus knows your pain. And he reveals in this huge paradox that it is better instead to live a life waiting for your chance for revenge, living in that bitterness It's better to forgive. And I believe Jesus is the best model of this because he was willing to forgive us. Jesus coming to earth was him turning the other cheek towards us. So I'm about to pray. And after during this next song, if you feel like you're holding on to something that someone's done to you, I want you to give it to God during the song. Let God know who hurt you how they did it, and be able to say, God, I'm struggling with this. This hurts, but I know if you could forgive me, could you give me the strength to forgive someone else, to forgive the person that hurt me? I want to challenge you guys today, as hard as it is, to turn the other cheek. And before I close, I also want to say this, that today is my last time here at age 12. But I want to say that I love each and every one of you guys. And thank you so much for having me come here and serve you guys for the amount of time that I've been here. And I can't wait to hear about the awesome things that you guys are going to do in your lives later on. I love you. So everybody stand up on your feet. And let me pray for you guys. Jesus, I thank you for each and every person in this room. And I thank you for the forgiveness that you have shown each and every one of us. And God, you see the hurt and the pain in our lives. You've seen the people that have used us and abused us, talked bad about us. And I know that you are there and that you care. Your word says that you will avenge the wrongs that are done to your people. But I ask that you help us to do our part in forgiving for loving even the people that hurt us, for loving the people that we think don't deserve our love back. Because Jesus, that was the same love that you gave us. And Father, I pray, Lord, that for any person that may be struggling with this, for any person that knows that person in in their mind right now, that that they just feel like they can't let go, could you give them the strength to do that tonight? Could you help them to live a life that is healed by forgiveness so that they can no longer be sick with bitterness? And Father, we know that turning the other cheek is not weak. But Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for the way that you turn the other cheek towards us and that how you walk with us each and every day of our lives so we'll be able to be strong even in those situations. So thank you, God. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.